there's been a real shift in kind of where people are looking to spend that money on a grill and, uh, you know, the fuel types and things like that. So what, what are you seeing in that space and what is sort of the, you know, is it gas? Is it the, the pellet? What, what's really taking charge right now? So gas still dominates uh, the percentage of grills that are sold. What's changed in 2022 for the first time in 100 years, charcoal uh, will be exceeded by pellets as a fuel source for grills. Between the three, pellets has now moved into second place. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. We're kicking off uh, a month of outdoor um, coverage on our Independent Thinking blog this month in June. And uh, what better way to kick it off? We, we, we thought we, the only way we could really kick that off is by talking to our in-house outdoor guru, and that's Mr. John Lang, for uh, those that know him here, our, our resident uh, grill master and just a knower of all things outdoor. And Mr. Lang, our, our Director of Appliances and Outdoor here at Nationwide Marketing Group, uh, graciously joined us and, and we, him and I sat down for a podcast to dive into uh, the world of outdoor. Um, you know, he's seen a lot of things he, recently writing a blog for us about the trends he's keeping an eye on. And um, that goes everything from, you know, the, the grilling space, obviously, which makes up a, a big portion of the outdoor category here for us at Nationwide, but also, you know, some of the other ancillary uh, verticals and, and related categories that, that go along with it. Everything from you know, outdoor power to uh, the outdoor furniture, we got outdoor electronics and, and so much more that he's keeping an eye on and um, helping, you know, members work into their merchandising mixes at their stores. And um, to go along with, you know, everything that we're talking about with outdoor, there's obviously the ba- the primetime backyard um, to talk about as well. You know, the experience that we had there in Phoenix back in February um, with the, the grill vendors that were all set up outside and cooking food and um, John's got some big things planned for Orlando and we're excited about kind of where he's taken that space and, and what we're going to be seeing down there, uh, you know, when we gather together in August and, um, it's going to be awesome is all I can really say. I don't want to spoil too much, uh, you know, that we talk about here and then also that you'll be able to experience if you're with us in Orlando, uh, this August. So, uh, just a great time. Always have a lot of fun talking to, to John and, uh, picking his brain on this category and, and what he's seeing. So let's just dive into it. This is Mr. John Lang on the Independent Thinking Podcast talking about the outdoor category. All right, we are back on the Independent Thinking Podcast and real excited today. I think the last time we talked, it might have been coming right out of KBiz. So it's been about three months or so back in February. Uh, Mr. John Lang, our Director of Appliances and Outdoor, appreciate you jumping in and uh, diving in here right at the start of what I, I, I have to imagine is a pretty busy time of year for the outdoor category. It, it is, Rob, but thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, we're right on the cusp of uh, June here as this uh, comes out and um, most exciting time relative to retail uh, activation. So yeah, it's it's very exciting and um, glad to be uh, engaged with it. Yeah. So, well, I, that's kind of where I wanted to start off. You know, I, I know that um, you think about some of the other categories that, that we talk about and represent here nationwide. And, um, you know, they, they've got kind of those highs and, uh, you know, the, the roller coaster of a calendar when it comes to, you know, the importance of their category at a, specific, a particular time of year. Is that the kit? Like, is June sort of the Super Bowl month for outdoor, if you will? Or, like, what, what's it? I know that, you know, it might, 
change depending on location and weather in certain areas and things like that. But is there like, is this the month for outdoor? Yeah, June is uh, certainly the most popular month. And I I think uh, bookending the two holidays of Father's Day and uh, 4th of July, um, that period is number one uh, seasonality during the year. And then second is Black Friday. So there's still um, a lot of business that goes on outside of those periods, but that's when the most activation occurs. Now, obviously, I know a big part of that, of of course, is grilling season. That's what, you know, June is. I think June is uh, grilling season. One of them is barbecue season, one of the barbecue month, and one of them is grilling month, June and July. So I know that uh, that's obviously a big part of it. But, you know, does it kind of trickle over into those other outdoor uh, categories as well? Yes. um, I think with, all the changes that have gone on the last couple of years with, with COVID and um, people uh, staying home more often, uh, getting used to uh, whether it be grilling more outside or just spending more time outside with outdoor furniture, uh, new outdoor furniture, adding you know consumer electronics, uh, outdoor TVs and uh, audio video, uh, and certainly comfort products um, have all been uh, really exciting I'll call it outdoor subcategories, if you will. Um, and that's gone really, really well. Uh, but I will say that we've seen a little bit of a slowdown as we have in some other categories like appliances. Uh, there's been a little bit of slowdown in grill sell-through uh, year to date, or at least during the first quarter. Um, and I think, you know, the uncertainty of the economy um, and uh, maybe a concern about discretionary um, feeling that they had uh, with money buying whatever they wanted. So um, today, like in grills, um, about 60% of the business is done uh, because product is under duress, it's failed, and they need a new one. Uh, it's the other 40% that, uh, you know, has slowed down a little bit. Well, that, that's an interesting number because I know you think about um... – refrigeration like or, or kitchen appliances obviously the indoor appliances it's I, well, I almost imagine mostly under duress type purchases someone having to replace something uh it's almost a 50 50 split in the um the outdoor space it sounds like which i you know you think about the category it almost feels like that sort of like i i want a new grill like let's go look at one but it, actually there are a, a a large a majority it sounds like that are those duress purchases yeah, it's very similar to the appliance business, honestly. Uh, so the appliance dealers can certainly relate uh, to those comments. The interesting thing, I guess, with Father's Day, you know, there's some emotion tied up with that, uh, just as there is with Mother's Day and trying to appreciate the females uh, of the world. Uh, fathers, you know, may get that discretionary purchase uh, that they had hoped for. And some of these discretionary purchases are, for multiple grills, right? They may have a gas grill that's working just fine, but they really want that pellet grill because they've been hearing so much about it. Or they may go into another fuel type like a Kamado style uh, lump charcoal cooking uh, that they've heard about and want to try. So uh, just like my patio, you know, I've got multiple grills out there and do different styles of foods um, depending on what, you know, what I need to get done. Well, and, and that's a you know an interesting thing too because I know you obviously track a lot of trends in this space and, and the way things are going and um, I, I forget if it was this prime time or maybe some sometime in between um, one of the, the the thought leadership pieces you shared there's been a real shift in kind of the the means of cooking like the the type of cooking that 
you know, it has sort of taken popularity uh, and, and kind of risen as far as, you know, where people are looking to spend that money on a grill and, uh, you know, the fuel types and things like that. So what, what are you seeing in that space and what is sort of the, you know, is it gas? Is it the, the pellet? What, what's really taking charge right now? Yeah, so, so gas still dominates uh, the percentage of grills that are sold. It's some uh, mid-50s range, 55% of the grills sold are in gas. Uh, what's changed uh, in 2022, for the first time in 100 years, charcoal uh, will be uh, exceeded by pellets as a fuel source for grills. And that's in terms of dollar sales. So there will be more pellets, 23%. Uh, sold uh, of the fuel market will be in pellets, 22% or slightly less will be in charcoal. So, you know, there's your 100% basically of, of fuel types that are being mostly used today. There is a small subset of electric style grills um, that, you know, we can talk about a little bit separately, but that's between the three pellets has now moved into second place. Well, and that's, I, I mean, it kind of brings up an interesting point and not to, you know, I didn't mean to plug them, but obviously we, you know, last primetime we saw a new vendor in, in vision grills that they kind of combine those styles. Right. So it, it neat to see sort of, um, you know, all the different gas types kind of come together or fuel types rather come together and, and be sort of in one grill. So you can kind of, you know, as a, as a dealer capitalize on the, the increase in popularity for, for charcoal and, uh, but to, you know, have someone that still not, maybe wants to have that gas experience and, um, you know, the, the quickness of cooking, if you will, as opposed to, you know, the, the, the more experiential cooking that charcoal is. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the lump charcoal business is different than, you know, just um, charcoal briquettes. Yep. <clears throat> and that is a fuel type that a dealer should be stocking. Um, just like pellets, if they're selling pellet grills, they need to be stocking pellets. And we've talked about this many times before, but, uh, you know, an appliance dealer, sees that consumer every six, six or seven years. Um, if someone's selling grills, most likely they have the opportunity to see that customer once a month if they want to provide them sales of, I could call it consumables, um, whether it be a fuel type like charcoal, lump charcoal or pellets or spices, sauces and rubs, those kinds of things. Yeah, and I, well, kind of a, a lofty question, but do you ever see a day where, gas gets supplanted by another fuel type? I'll never say never. Bob. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, if, uh, if California takes over the United States in terms of their rules and regulations, <laughs> it's very possible. <laughs> Understood. Uh, yeah. Understandable. Understandable. No, but, it, and it, I mean, it just, it is a different type of cooking. I, you know, as someone that, uh, you know, has multiple types of, of grills in your backyard, you know, I know it's a kind of a, personal preference type thing, but you know, what, what's it for you? The, the difference between the, obviously, you know, the speed of cooking is one thing, but you know, what, what attracts you to one type of fuel, you know, type of grill as, as opposed to the other? Well, I, you know, I'm not too complicated. I do like to cook and, and, uh, that kind of thing, but you know, gas, it is the, the convenience of speed. Uh, and you know, you feel like you're managing that temperature because you can see the flame and kind of feel, feel the heat. Um, but it's definitely speed for me and gas. Um, when it comes to um, uh, convenience and really cooking a perfect product without putting a lot of effort in, that's that's pellet cooking. When I want to do something um, and cook it and, and have a great smoke flavor, but still um, not have to babysit it, 
um, you know, I use a pellet grill because uh, the saying is, if you're looking, you're not cooking. So if you keep opening that lid, you're not you're not cooking. So I don't like to look. I like to do my own thing and, and come back and find that it's done. Now, for my romantic cooking, if you will, you know, romancing a food item, uh, it's definitely a Kamado style like Vision Grills um, has been a lot of fun. I mean, I've done some things on there that I typically, you know, would do in the oven like Easter ham. I did on the on the Vision Grills and it turned out fantastic um, kind of thing. So. Wow, that's awesome. Neat to kind of get that, you know, we, we know how much of an expert you are in this space, but to hear the the, the romanticizing of food and uh, just hear you talk like that is, is so cool and um, it obviously speaks to your knowledge in the space. And, um, you know, what about the, you know, you can kind of, the way you're talking about it too, it, it sort of speaks to how a retailer can show the, the opportunity they have when they have these products in their stores, you know, that they can go and have an event and, kind of show off the different types of, of grills that they might have in their stores and just the, uh, you know, what, what kind of, oppor- you know, experiential retailing opportunities exist because of this category? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the simplest approach is to, you know, make sure you work with a vendor partner and get a nice pop-up tent with their logo and have uh, food supplied items, easy to cook items, um, safe to cook and, and have it sitting for a little while. Uh, and do that during your promotions, um, especially this June, July period is the best time of year to be able to do that. You know, you're, you're touching all the senses, which there isn't many products. There aren't many products today that you touch all the senses. Uh, think of anything we sell. Um, you know, it doesn't really involve taste or smell. So you know, touching all the senses is really important. Yeah. Uh, and I know, too, you know, uh, it kind of makes me think about um, the experience we had in Phoenix and, and what went on with the, the primetime backyard there. And, uh, you know, not to, we'll, we'll come back to some trends, but I want to give the, while we're thinking about it, you know, the opportunity to talk about, um, you know, what you saw out of that and then looking ahead to in a couple months here, a couple of weeks almost, we could, we could start saying, uh, you know, we're going to be down in Orlando and I know you got some big things planned for down there. So talk about that, uh, you know, a little bit, what you're, you're looking to do with the backyard. Okay, well, we'll talk about that in just a second. I just thought of another example of experiential uh, cooking, and that is uh, cooking classes. So our more progressive retailers, uh, give an example of Orsini's up in uh, West Virginia, who has taken a, uh, built a three-stall garage, essentially, uh, building with roll-up doors, installed cameras, and will have classes there teaching consumers how to cook on these various products. And then he'll feed that to his social network and Facebook and others to be able to ex- extend his brand name and his expertise as a retailer and giving that experience to cooking. Oh, that's also and a, a great example, uh, you know, of how you can kind of take that sort of that, that category and, and really blow it out into something that, you know, consumers can, um, come to the store and, and, you know, it, it gives them another reason to, to be at the store and, um, you know, experience, I, we keep almost overusing the word, but it, it's, it's really the best way to describe it, you know, that category and, and everything it has to offer. And then, um, kind of, you know, entices them to maybe like while they're there, you know, almost impulse buy a grill, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, and, and it does happen. Um, so let's talk about prime time a little bit. Uh, if we look back at Phoenix in February, uh, we had a, uh, a good show. Uh, we had a fairly small space to be able to demonstrate uh, and actually cook outside, uh, but it worked out great. The, the vendor partners were 
uh, more than gracious in, in their participation. Um, you know, they cooked for two days, made lots of sample foods. We provided some uh, beverages along the way, whether it be water or adult type. <laughs> um, and, you know, these, these vendors um, really, uh, you know, I had so many great comments, especially from a couple of first timers that were so appreciative of our membership and how they engaged with them, how uh, interested they were in learning and uh, interested in buying. So, you know, it was a, a small but great uh, effort. And what really excites me now is the opportunity where we're, what, some um, 74 days away, I think, uh, from the um, primetime event. And um, this particular venue at the Gaylord Palm in Orlando, we were there in uh, four years ago in 2018 and took all of our outdoor vendors and moved them to the outside. Um, so they, we had, I think, eight or nine little uh, patios set up, each individual grow vendor cooking, number of vendors under a 60 by 150 foot tent that included products, uh, whether it be grills, we had a spa company, we had outdoor power in uh, mowers, we had outdoor furniture, uh, and this show, we're expecting all those again, plus uh, we'll be adding uh, consumer electronics products with outdoor TVs from Furion or Samsung. So uh, I'm very excited about the opportunity. Yes, it's going to be August and it's going to be warm, but um, you know our vendors are very encouraged. They love to demonstrate their products, and I would just encourage our members to dress lightly as possible, and uh, we'll have fans and beverages and music and games and make it a really fun, relaxing event for you. Great opportunity for those uh, outdoor AC units to kind of, and cooling fans to show themselves off and see how well they actually work, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. We have, we have misting fans yep. from Sunny International, so would strongly suggest that we get a few of those and maybe the members to sell a few of those this summer. <laughs> they might, uh, you know, talk about impulse buy. I might be doing some of that right on the, uh, the well, the outdoor show floor there in, in Orlando. No, but that'll be I mean, a lot of fun because uh, you think about just what it was like. I the the patio in Phoenix and everything that was set up there. Just uh, you know, just a couple of uh, grill vendors and and obviously some furniture was out there as well. And and being able to kind of lounge and um, get the the that that experience we were talking about at a retail store, right? You know, having an event and being able to cook on those grills and share some food and um, just see what you know what what is possible with those products so to, to kind of see that on steroids if you will is down there in Orlando I know we're all excited about it and um, you've got some some really fun things planned that we're we're looking forward to uh, taking part in again and uh, maybe a little you know a little, little preview here but we're, we're doing some live live streaming from this show coming up so we'll maybe be walking around that area right. and live taste testing some food and giving some on the spot reactions so <laughs> we'll have some fun down yeah, there yeah we we, we. We've coined uh, this event now, Outdoor back, uh, Primetime Backyard. Um, and, you know, you think about the places that you typically are the most relaxed. And unless you're mowing your yard or doing some yard work, <laughs> it is the backyard, right? You're hanging out and just relaxing uh, with family or even uh, individually. Um, and I think, you know, that translates to uh, a really welcoming environment, uh, whether it be at the store location or we're doing it at prime time. That's the reason selling outdoor products, especially grills, is the, one of the most fun products you can have to sell uh, because the consumer's not as um, 
I guess, uptight. They're not as much under duress. Even if they're buying a product that's failed, they're excited about getting something new uh, that they've done reviews on or done research on. So um, we think this prime time will be our best ever. Uh, and we'll be able to show the members, um, you know, what some of the things they can take back to their store. Yeah, it's, it's such good points you mentioned there. And um, I know, too, you know, obviously you mentioned that uh, grilling and, and the grills are such a big part of this. But um, the way it's expanding and you hit on it at the top, too, I want to give you a chance to dive a little bit deeper. Um, you know, some of those uh, those kind of related verticals, the adjacent outdoor verticals, if you will, that have kind of come onto the scene that allow you to have such a you know, a, 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 a bigger and more inclusive outdoor experience at this show. And that's the, you know, the TVs you mentioned. And obviously outdoor furniture has had a, a, a big push here too. And some of the other, um, you know, categories as well. What are trends wise, what are you seeing in those spaces? And obviously we'll get a chance to see some of the, these trends on display in Orlando, but what are some of the areas that, you know, retailers have kind of maybe some opportunities that they didn't over the last couple of years or, um, you know, categories that are kind of coming to the forefront that maybe, you didn't expect to, uh, you know, over the last couple of years? Well, there are some trends going on in cooking that, you know, I touched on, I mean, in a recent blog, and I don't necessarily need to go into depth on those, but ancillary items in cooking like pizza ovens are extremely hot right now. Um, things like um, induction add-on uh, cooktops, small cooktops outside are, are coming on. Um, and, those kinds of products that, you know, make it um, a, a different cooking experience. But as I look at the other verticals, probably the hottest, I would say, uh, no pun intended, is uh, outdoor fire tables, uh, fire pits, um, is an area I, I just, I don't understand why more of our retailers aren't engaged in that, because um, it's a fairly simple product, doesn't take up a lot of floor space, it's easily added by furniture dealers that are probably already selling some outdoor furniture. Um, and so I think there's opportunity there. And, you know, we continue to look for vendor partners that uh, can help us expand in that vertical. Um, I'd point out, I'd be remiss if I didn't point out RST. Uh, it was a, re a fairly recent signing last uh, July or August, I believe. RST carries outdoor furniture, and they've recently just added uh, a, a pretty significant lineup of fire tables, all, all propane gas driven um, or gas driven. And uh, very excited about having them come to the show and hopefully be out there under the tent selling their products and uh, showing the way on outdoor comfort. Um, outdoor TVs, I think is that's one of those ans uh, ancillary categories that uh, if you have discretionary income still, and you're not worried about uh, the economy, those products are hot and people are making that part of their entire outdoor living environment. Um, it's kind of like, I guess, built-in kitchens for outdoor. Um, I believe the study was about 10% of the consumers uh, a year ago said that they were interested in doing a built-in kitchen. That number has actually risen in the most recent study. It said almost a third of them wow. would like to have an outdoor built-in kitchen. Now, will they actually spend the money for it? I don't know. That's that's yet to be told, but their their interest is there, their desire is there. And with that goes the big things like a t outdoor TV uh, as an add-on because that's really your entertainment area. Yeah, it's just crazy to kind of see. I, obviously, the pandemic has had an impact in many ways, and we know that you know expansion of, of spending to the outdoor space and enhancing that outdoor 
um, you know, living, you know, taking the living room essentially outdoors um, along with the kitchen, you know, was something that, that was a, a big deal and a big push and kind of crazy to see just how quickly it's taken hold and um, the ways that, you know, all these companies are, you know, de- either developing product or finding ways to get their, their things to be outdoor ready, uh, you know, from the TVs to the audio experiences, obviously landscape audio kind of comes along with the, you know, having a TV outside and making sure you think the home theaters and how they're set up with four walls, you take those walls away, audio can kind of go everywhere. So having speakers that are built for that and obviously the kitchen as well, the outdoor kitchen. So, so a whole new world out there, um, which is awesome to see. And no yeah, pun yeah. intended there because that's a Disney quote and we're going to Orlando. So I didn't know copyright uh, infringements yeah, here. So, but no, no, but Mr. Lang, this was a, a lot of fun to, you know, chalk it up and, and chum it up with you on uh, the outdoor space and everything yeah. we have coming. So, um, you know. Well, I will say, uh, you know, I am glad that um, we kind of have COVID behind us um, and that uh, supply chains are starting to get better. Um, just a couple last points here. I would say, you know, get ready for if you're in the uh, grilling, if you're selling grills, get ready for preseason. Um, it's going to be more important than ever to plan your 2023 now. Uh, big box is already ordering their product for next year. And I would strongly encourage you to start asking vendor partners when their program's coming, because we do anticipate some of our vendors coming in July and August with those programs and how important it is to place orders now. And frankly, that's not just in grills, that's in like outdoor power equipment. It's going to be extremely important as well. But um, the other thing I was going to mention, I think was uh, I'm glad it's kind of behind us because more vendors are interested in talking to us now uh, because they're getting their act together on supply chain versus the last two years, they didn't have enough product to even talk to us. So, you know, I can honestly tell you, I have, I just did this calculation, Rob, I have um, 14 outdoor vendor prospects Wow. and they manage some 25 brands. Uh, and most of them are not overlap. They're different and new to our membership. And I don't know how many I'll be able to close. I'm hoping to close one or two here, definitely for prime time uh, and very excited about that. But we are working hard on the, on the members' behalf to try to find, you know, new products within the vertical that they're dealing with, and certainly new verticals uh, outside of that uh, to help their business. Yeah, there's more reason to be excited about this space. More reason to be excited about, you know, coming to prime time and seeing some of these, uh, you know, hopefully some of these prospects that you're talking about and talking to, and um, just more reason to be excited about the category because it just uh, growth abounds in this space and it's awesome to see. And I know we've got the the perfect guy at the helm to, uh, you know, that knows all about it and is I clearly so very excited about it too. So it, it, it's infectious, uh, you know, to, to kind of talk yeah. to you and, and see this space and where your, your head's at and where our members heads should be at. So uh, Mr. Lang, we appreciate it and look forward to seeing you down there in Orlando before we know it. Yes. I right, thank you, Rob. And, uh, I hope uh, everyone has a great uh, June. You too, sir. Awesome. And thanks again to John. Uh, Like I said at the top, you know, it's always great to pick his brain. He's such a a just well-versed and obviously, you know, he's got his finger on the pulse of the outdoor space and um, outdoor cooking in particular. So I uh, just so cool to hear him talk about it and, and share that knowledge, you know, with me 
um, you know, selfishly, but also with the the rest of our membership in the independent channel. So uh, always great chatting with him. Happy to have him on the podcast and look forward to doing it again soon. But uh, as always, appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast, and we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.